What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive On Life podcast. And today, it's Valentine's Day. We're tuning in with my lovely wife, Mrs. Erin Finley, and we are expecting our little Valentine to come out into this world exactly two months from today. So before we get into the topic of discussion today, I just want to know, how are you feeling at this point in pregnancy? Good question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I feel I feel really good, but also ready and just anticipating at this point. As the time gets closer, I just feel... Like I'm at the point where I've had enough of the pregnancy and I want to get on with the the true motherhood part instead of anticipating all the change and adjustments that we're going to have to make. So yeah, you've been, you've been a champ. I, I will give that to you. And it, there's been minimum moments of frustration, but one of the, one of the funnier ones uh, was you, I think your mom was in town and you had, we just woke up and you come back inside from something and you're just off. And when I was looking at you, I'm like, I think this is the first time she's like really feeling like, okay, I'm really pregnant now and there's a lot going on and there's a lot I want to do personally with my life. Um, and, and seeing you in that moment, um, was one powerful because you've again, done so well throughout out of it really quickly yeah yeah you've done so well this whole time but it was also just a reminder of humanity like you you were you are human (laughs) and in that moment you just wanted to have your old body back and that's fine yeah I try not to complain because I know that this is temporary and it's a very special experience and something that we are very grateful for but there are moments where this is really freaking uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I mean, just want to sleep to get out of pillow. bed and <laughs> to to need help is it, it goes against kind of like everything that you yeah, yeah. stand for is like you're very self-sufficient and you're a go-getter and it's tough to rely on others. But the cool thing is two more months, you'll be there and then he comes out into the world. So what are we going to talk about here today? Valentine's Day 2023. We talked about this a little bit before, and it's not our first Valentine's Day podcast episode. I think in the past we've talked a little bit about our story, our relationship, um, some of the learnings that we've had through our relationship. So maybe we'll touch on a few of those tonight and then focus on where we are in our life journey right now and then how we see our relationship maybe impacting our child. Sound good? Yeah. What should we start with? Let's start with when you think about 
relationships in your life? Because I think, you know, Valentine's Day, we, we think a lot about like your significant other and a love, you know. Still remember that bear you got me when we were like <laughs> 10 years old? <laughs> no. <laughs> I do not remember a bear. Um, but <laughs> I'm just going to bypass that comment. Kind of reminds me of the bear you got, Aiden. But it was white. I didn't get that. Someone got it. Oh, well, it's chilling in his bed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to throw you off. It really did throw me off. Um, Yeah, so when you think about relationships and the important relationships in your life, and then you kind of attribute that to our future child, what are some of the key lessons that you want to make sure he understands? There's a lot, and I'm trying to put it into what would be one of the top lessons I would want him to understand and a word that represents that. And I think the word would be courage. I think life, no matter who you are, no matter what demographic, no matter how wealthy or unwealthy, is going to throw challenges at you. And how you respond to those challenges will create the world that you live in. And I want my son, I'm going to use a Squatch t-shirt right now, the one that says be of courage. In any given moment, if you take that step of being more courageous and being the man willing to understand he has flaws and that, he can show up in a way where he's actively progressing towards a better version of himself, everything else gets sorted. So coming from a father, I'm going to be a father figure. I must lead with courage and do hard things that scare me and that I'm afraid of. And for me, that's not the usual thing. Like most people would be scared to jump out of a plane That's not how I show up in a moment of fear or scarcity. Mine's little moments throughout the day of little fears that creep up into my mind and how do I build resiliency towards those little fears. And then he's going to be my son. So how do I communicate? How do I be courageous to communicate to him that dad has fears and is scared but he still is courageous enough to admit that and keep going. So I'm just thinking back to the question, and I, I, don't, I think you might have interpreted it a little differently, which is great. Wouldn't be the first time. But no, I, I think <laughs> it's a great lesson, um, and I think where you were going with it at the end, because I was asking, like, what lesson with regards to relationships do you want him to understand? And I think what you hit on at the end is a good one, where... Well, I you interpreted it as, as my relationship with him. Like that's the lens that I was coming. Like the oh, relationship okay. with him, I want to communicate in a way where I'm showing him courage by admitting fault and admitting that I'm not like a hero doesn't have the capability of not being scared or fearful. A hero is a hero because he is afraid and he still is courageous enough to conquer and go into the battles that he needs to. Yeah. 
I think like being vulnerable with your kids is something that I want to make sure we do. Um, showing them our like admitting when we're wrong and, and just being examples of like, we're not perfect. Um, I think personally, I've witnessed examples of parenting relationships where, and it's to no, no one's fault because nobody, this, there's no right or wrong and there's no, you know, road, roadmap or playbook to follow. But I just think if you can build like a friendship and a trusting relationship with your child through your own actions and admitted flaws, it's going to inspire them to open up to you, to, to come to you for advice, to be willing to try things and fail versus acting like a parent that makes no mistakes, that does the right thing all the time, that is the parent so you must do as they do. Um, I want to learn things from my kid. So I, I just I think about that a lot, and I've been thinking about it more often recently. It, it's so much work to put on up a front. That's something that I've, I've realized over the years. I don't think people t- intentionally do it. I think it's just like an instinct that like. Well, they think that they're protecting, yeah. that they're being in a protective state, but you can never protect. That's, that's the reality. The best protection is preparation. How do you prepare your child for the real world? I think it goes back to what you said about this, the story about me having like a little breakdown that one week and, it's just the realization that we're all human and that, yeah, there might be years between us and different experiences that we're going through, but having that human touch of, in everything that you do and re- and just remembering that and having that as grounding at the end of the day. I mean, you're spot on. And to unravel that story a little bit more in a relationship way, I didn't know how to react. Because this is your first pregnancy and you've been a champ this whole time. And then you reacted in a way where I was like, holy crap, this is 180 from like who Aaron typically is. I don't know what to do. And I don't know, I don't know how to be now. What did I say? Do you remember? Just really down, like 180 degrees from you woke up and everything was okay to then something triggered and you were just... I mean, to be blunt, I don't want to be pregnant anymore. Just a couple other words. And for me, it was, okay, I can respond in a couple of different ways in this circumstance. And I think we do a really good job of being stern. I think we've, it, it wasn't always the case, but this is one of the tips I would give to other people out there is learning when to be stern and to hold a standard in your relationship without being not a perfectionist, but like I, I was stern with you saying like, Hey, this is not the right attitude to have, but in more of a comforting way than like yeah, stop being a brat you, or whatever. Yeah, like, you were more like, it's okay to feel that. Like just go do something that's going to make you feel better. And I think, but, that, but I also was like, that's not how we show up. Like I was yeah. very adamant about like, it's not cool how you're showing up right now. So go do what you got to do to get back. Yeah, because it's just like bad energy. <laughs> well, it doesn't solve anything. Like, 
Yeah. It just doesn't solve anything. And the the person in the moment, I, I know what it's like to be that. I know what it's like to be you. It almost feels better to have somebody check you in a in the right way. Yeah. I mean, there was part of me that I think at that moment was like, you have no clue what this feels You're right. Like. So go for your run on the lake. Yeah, me. you're right. Bye. You're right. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I think t- taking it back to that human element and everything that you do, whether it's, I think even we're relating it right now to how we're going to interact with our child, children, and I think it also can go towards how you interact with those above us and like the authority figures in our life and reminding ourselves that they're all human too. Like I think about that in a work setting a lot of times is that you build better relationships when you put that human first touch to everything that you do. Remember that like you don't know what people are. What does that look like in the work environment? I think it looks like taking an interest in people's personal, personal lives and characters and having more than a surface level conversation, building a relationship with the person that goes beyond the transactional. So, I mean, like in your life, exactly. In, in my what would life, that look like? In my life, it's the people that I work with on a daily basis, having enough of a relationship with them to know and to ask questions about more than <laughs> work things. To show Give me interest. a direct example. That is, that is an example. More than work things is not a direct yeah, example. Yeah, like, for example, at work, a lot of what I do, I, I have to send a lot of requests to people. Like, I'm asking them for a lot of information. I okay, prepare, now we're getting somewhere. Because I prepare <laughs> updates for investors and our executive suite of staff and all the leaders. And a lot of that preparation involves, You're like a gnat. I am. <laughs> You're a freaking nap. People probably see my email come through You're and they're like, nap. oh shit, an email from Erin. What does she want now? And yeah. she probably needs it by tomorrow. But you're Great. doing your job. Right. But so I recognize that that's really annoying because I get those emails too from people because a lot of times emails I have to send to request information are because I got the email that I have to report to somebody else with that information. So it's just a, a chain of command, Okay. So what I'm getting at here is that instead of just pestering people for things, like having a relationship with them so they know I'm, I'm more than that, you know, <laughs> like I actually care about them and I really appreciate them going out of their way to get me the information I need and, you know, kind of asking them about certain things that we've talked about recently in their lives, maybe. Um, Only we would yeah. get into work on a Valentine's Day relationship Top of mind podcast. for me, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but you bring up a good point. You're basically doing the 1% more that a lot of people don't do. And how does that show up in our relationship? Like over the years, what do you feel? Like you don't, I look at us like I was listening to another like podcast on relationships and they were talking about how pretty much like if they weren't with each other, they could be single and that like they, they have very high standards and that they could be with a lot of other people out there, but they choose to be together. And I viewed us like that. So what in our relationship is that 1% more that shows up that you've seen with yourself and with me? And that really is, I feel the glue between relationships that work in the long run. 
I think it's our our constant, like we're both on the same wavelength of improving our ourselves. Like, How does that show up daily? Uh, you are very. Let's see. Let me. I'm trying to put into words what I'm thinking here, but I think because. We both have individual, like, I don't want to call it goals. It's not goals, but it's just purpose. I, w- I guess that's a better word. Because we're both purpose-driven in what we do, I think it results in every little action that we take each day is around, like, how do we get a little bit better each day? And it's not just one of us doing that. It's both of us. And it looks different for what you do than from what I do because our day-to-days are very different. But even though there's differences in, in those actions and in the day-to-day, there's so much commonality in our thought processes and the things that are challenging us and inspiring us. And I think that's really cool because at the end of the day, it's all just about improvement and curiosity and putting yourself through challenges to get better and what what it looks like for me to get better is very different from what it looks like for you to get better so what does that but look I like? think that's the one percent what does that look like so if the one percent that we do more for each other is almost strive for self-perfection but we both know I we're think, never okay, gonna get so there I think I think for how does question, how does I think it's challenging one another so, so because we are both very familiar with what it looks like to challenge ourselves, we have this ability to sit down with each other and have a conversation about what you're working on, what I'm working on, and I am your biggest critic. Like, I'll be your biggest fan, but I'm also probably your biggest critic, and you would admit that to anybody, that I have to sometimes do a better job of, like, complimenting and like I, saying, no, saying things no. are good first before I give the critiques. It's, but. I'm not after compliments. I think the, the, the thing that you could strive to do better in your approach is coming from a less, coming less from an angle of what you view the thing should be and more of I'm going to ask questions around, I'm going to ask curious questions about this scenario. Okay. I think you let your mind of what it could be get to it without realizing that like you and I are very different and that yes, you can help me make things better, but it's never going to look the way that Aaron wants it to look because I'm not Aaron and that's okay. So the approach would be just more of like, like even designing this podcast studio, right? Like you could have done an amazing job and critiqued me all the way. But the reality is you kind of just let me do my thing and it came out pretty good. Now, the way that it gets better is you're sitting in here and instead of saying you should do this, this, and this, it's asking me questions of like. What type of experience do you want your guests to exactly. have? How exactly. How do you want someone to feel when they come in? What is something that you really enjoyed about being on someone else's show? What's now, how does this relate to relationships? Like, cause that's great in a business sense or in a podcast, which I would consider my business, but maybe a hobby for other people. But how does somebody bring that mindset into 
relationships because I feel like on the relationship side we do do a really good job I feel like that is relationship because that's me taking interest in what you're working on like Hmm. I think our relationship struggled the most when I was not as involved in what you're working on and and you it wasn't because I wasn't interested necessarily but because I had my own thing I was in school I think we were just didn't know what you were doing (laughs) we're just young and we had no concept of like how much time we actually do have in a day and like what we can actually get done in a day. If we just I take mean, 10 I minutes, say we had no concept, but we just, I think to go back to what I was saying, I, I think that all this does relate to the relationship setting because us helping each other in the things we care about is helping our relationship too. I meant more so from like love or sex or, like dating, like how we continue to date each other. That's kind of like you, you made a very valid point with if we, if we work on that side of things, like work is, is one of the biggest things in any relationship is, is that person fulfilled with what they're working on? Cause it'll bleed into. Mm-hmm. And is that other person curious about what that other person is working on because if they're not then that bleeds into the relationship so that's a very valid point but I was kind of going from the lens of I guess from a relationship like if you're talking about those types of activities it's it's more just like curiosity and communication around what you each need and I think if you're going to use the example of dating each other we've done a good job through this pregnancy I think of making sure we have time each week to just spend together and we are on the same page with what that looks like. And I think that's come from good open communication about what we don't want to be doing, what we want to be doing and how time spent may look different than it has looked in the past, but is still what we need. I think we've crushed it during your pregnancy because we were bad at it before. And I want to make that clear for anybody listening. Can you elaborate on how we were bad at it? Well, there's, it takes two to tango. You, we're mentioning how like with work that there was a lack of interest or curiosity on your side to really understand, but I didn't know. I said there wasn't a lack of interest or curiosity. It was that I just wasn't involved in what you were doing. Yeah. Which if you were curious, you would pry and figure it out. So it was just like, you were curious in other ways, but in what I was doing, it wasn't really curious. It was more combative. Yeah. I would say. I would agree. And, but I should have been the bigger person and realized the situation that we were in and opened the door to conversation. I mean, I didn't have a podcast at the time either. Like there's certain things that like I hadn't grown into really what I was working towards and who I was trying to become. So there was a lot of friction because I was trying all these different things and I wasn't communicating what, why I was doing that. I was just doing, I was just doing, constantly doing. And And that's tough for somebody to understand unless I like clearly articulate and sit you down and take you on a date and say, and at that time, like the date night didn't really exist. We were just like going out with friends every weekend. And again, I think there's a time and place for everything. We kind of, we, we lived a life and we, as we've been together, we've done so much. And then we chiseled away. I think most people struggle because they don't do anything. Therefore, they can't even chisel. They're just there. 
by chance. I'm dating this person because I'd rather not be single and alone. <laughs> so how did and we, I'm getting older. In what ways do you think we've gotten better at, at this? And how? When you say at do? this, what are you referring to? Like. I'm really enjoying this conversation, by the way. Thanks. You're so beautiful. Keeping you, the, like. When you touch the belly. It's really like <laughs> hanging. <laughs> Sorry. Um, when I say this, I was meaning how did we get better at keeping the spark in our relationship and making sure we dedicate time to each other? For me, I think <laughs> I work well off negative reinforcement. So what I mean by that, pain. And I don't like conflict in relationship, in my relationship, because I've had that in the past. And it just creates something in me that I don't like. I don't like how I show up when there's conflict. Because I love you so much that I would literally die for you, but that kind of like comes out in a negative way. It would be very helpful in like certain scenarios in life, like if we were being attacked or like certain things, but like I get riled up and because we weren't investing in ourselves and we weren't blocking off time just for us, I realized how much frustration and friction it was that I was creating at times. And then we'd get in a fight. And then I was like, we're both engineers. So we just reflect and analyze, okay, how did we get to this point? We reverse engineer. And then it made it very clear for me is like, okay, every certain amount of days, we just need us time. No work talk, no, no like riled up CJ. <laughs> like, what do I need to do? So a good example is, I'm going to sit in the sauna and ice bath before I go hang out with Aaron. So I'm like a little dialed back. I got my workout in and I can be in listening mode and question asking mode and we're going to have a really good time. That way of thinking didn't exist five years ago. Yeah, I think that that is a good point and something I just wrote about, which is like recognizing that you really do. I, I mean, I always just thought self-care was such a, What's the word? It's like a trendy word that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But when you're talking about self-care, it's to me the definition is like doing what you need to do to make yourself feel like the best you or not the best you, but let's just say feel alive, feel rejuvenated so that you can show up better to everything else in your life and everybody else in your life. And I think that's a good example of how, I mean, you just explaining going in the sauna and the ice bath before sitting down here to, to relax and be present and intentional with this conversation, that sauna and ice bath might be someone else's reading or walk or something, but it's time spent for yourself on something that makes you feel at peace, present, able to show up better that is so important to, to really be able to give presence and intentionality to, to everything else. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, it's so ingrained in me now that literally before we came on this podcast, it was like I worked out, 
I got in the sauna, put some cold water on me, ate a dinner and listened to a podcast while I ate dinner. And now we're here. Yeah, and So that's, it's like, I'm zoned I in. I want to draw attention to like, this is work for you right now. And, and I'll relate it to me working. I used to wake up in the morning close to when I had to get ready, get ready really fast, look at my phone, look at the emails, go to work, start working, have a coffee. Like that's how many people in the world that just get straight into it. And immediately when you wake up, your brain is stimulated by what you have to do that day, all the emails that you that came in through the night <laughs> and that the work left over from the day before that you have to get to. And maybe there's things looming on your mind that are personal that you also have to get done. And you're, you're not being intentional about what you're putting in your body or how you're setting the tone for the day. And once I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. And I woke up a little bit earlier and spent the morning just grounding myself with thoughts other than the day ahead and just gratitude, thinking about not just the big things in life that I'm grateful for, but like really small things. Um, I use the five minute journal most days where I challenge myself to think about like three really small things that are different each day that I'm grateful for. Like not my house, my family, like those of course are the big things, but like maybe it's like having the ability to sit on the couch and burn a candle and be warm, like just that feeling, right? Of, and I think it's having- You don't know what, you're, what you have until it's gone for a lot of people. Yeah, and- So it's a great practice to sometimes just it's ask like, yourself that. I'm grateful to, to be able to drive to work, like to have a job and have a car to get me there. Like sometimes that's what it is. And that starting days off like that and having those moments of, I'll call it self-care, but I'll, really what I mean is moments just for you to, to show up better. And that's how our relationship's gotten better because we've both been doing that. We know, like, now I know there will be days where I'm like, you just need to go work out and go to, go to squats, do your thing. Like, we'll talk when you're back or vice versa. You'll be like, why don't you just go for that run because I know you're going to be better when you're, when you're back from it. I think it's understanding what each other needs and then not expecting anything. And again, going back to that human element, like our needs might be different in terms of what fills us up, but we, we I, both that have that brings that up tension. a great point. Like accepting the, that the needs are different. I think we struggle with that in the beginning of our relationship as well. Cause my needs are very different than your needs in a lot of ways. And in I think this is a good similar. practice for when we have a child and hopefully multiple children in the future is they're going to like things and they're going to be curious about things that might bore us. Yeah. I mean, and, and it also goes back to the conversation we had recently around like our observations that a lot of parents feel like being the best parent means putting the kid above all these things, but then end up not having anything that self-fulfills them. Uh, and you just find yourself one day being like, what have I done for myself lately? And while, you know, you might feel some guilt associated with doing things for yourself at first, I think you have to get past that and recognize that that's what allows you to show up as a better parent and as a good example for your kid. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't want to be the parent that loses myself and my child or, or loses the relationship we have. So let's go down Good that thread. How do you not let that happen? What are the, what are the ways that we have to show up on a daily basis? I think it starts with the habits that we have now. And I'm glad that we've built systems around them. Like what I just said, like, I don't think I'm going to rush to the tasks every day. And I think every day is going to look different, but that's, that's part of the habit too, is, is understanding the mindset that has to change around accepting that everything, every day is going to look different and that's okay. You can't be super rigid. You can't expect certain things. Your timelines are going to look different each day. What do you think you're going to struggle with the most? What's going to be the most challenging? I feel like that's a better way. I think to it's a hard question that. to answer until you go through it. But just from your personality, knowing yourself, what's going to be a challenging? I think challenging for me, something I was thinking about a lot lately is like maternity leave. Like. I don't like, and, and this sounds crazy because to a lot of people, they'd be like, oh, it's just work or whatever. It doesn't matter. But anything I'm invested in, I feel like I just can't fall off the face of the earth and let things go for a period of time. Like I want to stay keeping progress going. <laughs> it's your ego. Sure. I guess it's, it is. Ego gets a bad rap. They People think that, like when I say the ego, I don't necessarily mean bad. Like ego to hunt and to feed your family is good. But I think there's has, a very fine It has nothing to line. do with, like, for me, it's more so that if I were to just let things go for a, a long period of time and then come back to it, I will be more stressed about the state I'm returning to. Yeah, but that shows your weakness. What's the weakness? That shouldn't be the case you are mentally not stable enough to handle that then. So you have work to do, essentially is what I'm saying. And when I said ego to hunt, I didn't mean like you physically. I meant like we have ego in us as human beings because if we didn't, we would just wither away. Okay. Well, I mean, you asked what I was going to struggle with the most and I think that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. So what can you do right now to to work on that? Like I'll, I'll give a very crystal clear example. Like this week, I literally told you, I was like, we are, you told me today, 60 days out. I said, we're two months out. I was like, you need to start conversations now about how you're literally going to be gone for three months. And like, you need to start those conversations now because before you know it, it's going to be here. And yeah, I feel like I'm, you don't want to face that. You don't want to realize that like, oh, it's coming because just like you said, you don't want to fathom that you're going to be doing nothing for three months or that... You don't even have to do anything. You're literally on leave. You don't have to yeah. do anything. And so, okay, so that is my weakness that you said, uh, what's my biggest challenge? I like to be, like, I think I, I think sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amount of challenges that, not challenges, I get sometimes overwhelmed by the amount I have on my plate, but I also really like to have a lot going on and when I don't have a lot going on that creates some stress for me and but I think 
this is where your gratitude and reflection could be helpful for you is like, you say you have a lot on your plate, but you're not a single mother with two kids that no, has to work I, two jobs. For sure. Yeah. I'm not saying that I am. I'm not saying you, that you are saying that you are. I'm just giving you a point of reference Person, so that when you think about that and also, I, I mean, I tell you this all the time, like our careers, like you could stop for a decade and it's not going to matter as long as you're still the same person showing up the way that you are because your new job is right in your belly right now. Yep. So switching gears a little bit, I wanted to go to a question that you asked me recently before this, which was what is a trait that you have that you want to pass on and what is a trait that you have that you do not want to pass on? Well, I asked you this question to, and we, we haven't talked about this, so I'm, I'm excited for this. We, I gave you the question, but we haven't talked about what we would say about each other. So the question was really based on what do you think should get passed from me to him and what do I need to stop? Oh, okay. And then I'm going to say the, I'm going to say the same thing for you. That's tough. I didn't think about it enough beforehand. <laughs> yeah, but th that's good though, because then off the top of your head, that's authentic. I think the trait that I hope he picks up from you is the, you're such a giver with no expectations. And that selflessness is one of the things I love the most about you. Sometimes it drives me nuts because I'm like, <laughs> stop doing all this for everybody else. But I think it's beautiful. It's such a great trait and has, I, I just think that that's such an amazing characteristic that so many people recognize in you. And that makes, and you, you make people feel, because you're like that, you make people feel like they're capable of doing things that they wouldn't necessarily think to do themselves. Uh, you inspire people. And so I think that hopefully he'll have some of those characteristics. Giving me the good before I get the bad. I, I haven't really. <laughs> My contacts. Give me a minute on so the bad. Right I can think of a lot, but they're not. They're not. Um... I get it. It can be a kryptonite, like that. It's it's my it's just like Superman. It's like yeah. It's my superpower, but it's also a kryptonite at times. I think I've dialed. I've gotten it more dialed over the years. It used to be very like sporadic. Yeah. Come back to me on the on the trait that you should not pass on. Okay. There's too many probably for you to think about. <laughs> to dial into one. Uh let's see. For you, I the one that I don't want passed on, you already said it. That mentality of Literally, we were just talking about this with the work. Like, I view you as somebody that when we go out to a bar, you don't need any inebriation to dance and to let loose. And you love music and 
You could be a DJ. I want our child to invest the energy that you put into work into the real work of life, which is your art. I'm the only one that gets to see Aaron's art and how beautiful it is. And it really upsets me. And I don't want that for our kid. I want the world to see his art. So when you're when you have three months of leave, put it into the things that are art for you. Your blog, your playlists, your child. And I think you're going to open up doors that you just can't even see yet. So if there's one thing that I hope stops, and I know you're at, you've gotten in in our relationship, like I've seen the progress over the years. It's amazing to watch. And I feel like it will end. Like he won't, you won't let him have that from you. I think about that a lot too. And I ask myself why sometimes it's not as easy for me to showcase that part of me. Um, Like I really want to be a DJ. (laughs) But then I think like recently it was my dad's birthday who passed away. And one of the things I admired most about my dad was the many, 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 many hobbies that the guy had. He was truly a jack of all trades, could talk about anything, could was really good at a ton of different things. And I aspire to be like that. And I, as a, his child, I looked up to that. And that's something that I do hope my child looks up to in me. Like a mom who does a, a lot of stuff. But and let's give your mom to credit too, though. Oh, yeah. She's, she has tried so many, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if well, you listen to this, mom. You've tried a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah, and I love it. I think I'm one of the people that has connected with her the most because most people are just give no, a giggle right. when they talk you're about it. Totally but she, right. it you from, got it from both of them. Yeah, and it's amazing. But I'm the only one that gets to see most of it from you. But I still push my mom sometimes to have more passion about some things. Yeah, like, but especially as you approach retirement and have a whole life ahead, you know. Yeah. So take some of your own medicine. Yeah. When you're on leave. <laughs> For the good. You started with the bad. Yeah, because it was it top was of like good. Because it was top of mind. Um Yeah, you like how I how I spun that right there? Not fair. <laughs> um a lot good and bad are yeah, so I have, subjective. I have mine if you want it, to it, usually the, the the bad is just too much of something. It's not like we're not bad humans. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you mine. So the thing that I hope you don't pass on sometimes, and, and you're probably going to say this is a good thing and I can see how it could be that way, but sometimes you just don't care so much about how the things that you do or say can have a, can be perceived and I care so much about that to a fault sometimes. But I just hope he's a little bit more intentional than you. <laughs> sometimes, I don't know. I just, I'm, I cringe at some of the things that you say are right without thinking, oh my gosh, could this hurt somebody? And, and 
You know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that some of the best leaders in the world say things that they truly mean and they don't, they can't let people's opinions stop them from saying things. But it's something about just having a little bit more sensitivity. I don't disagree with you. Where I have a problem with how you're phrasing this is you said the word perceived. It's how Aaron perceives things in a lot of ways. If most people perceive them in the way Aaron perceived how I went about it, I wouldn't have the deep relationships that I have with a ton of people. People respect authenticity. Now, whether people like that or not, that's on them. Could I have a better choice of words? I think there's a better way yes, for you to say it. I mean. But better choice of words, I think, comes with wisdom and, and knowledge. Mm-hmm. The more I read, the more podcasts I go on, I learn to take a step back and respond rather than react. And I think that that shows up in our relationship too. Like you've done a much better job lately at responding versus reacting and some of the ways that you've talked to me in the past have not been the way I'd like to be so talked to. this brings up, I think, what you're really trying to say I don't pass on is like when we have it, and it's funny, I was on a podcast earlier today. We were talking about like mowing the lawn and the reaction that our each of our fathers had when we like mowed the lawn in the wrong way, quote unquote, and how the reaction made us want to do the an even worse job rather than just responding in a way that was appropriate. So f- I think the better articulation of what I need to, and I have been working on, what I need to not pass on is just reacting too much to things. But it goes back to, am I setting my day up to be in a mode to respond rather than react? Yeah. And I think so much of my life I was reacting because I was stressed out and I wasn't like you see me every morning now, I sit in front of the red light and I stretch and I breathe and I like go into the day with the ability to respond to whatever comes to me, not react. Yeah. And that's me setting myself up for success for when we have a child and they, they're going to do dumb shit. <laughs> like I did a ton. That was just, why did I do that? But if I can respond and I can make it a learning lesson for them rather than an argument, I think that would be winning. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to fail a lot, but I think that was a good point from you. Damien has the hiccups right now. (laughs) What does that feel like? He has the hiccups. So explain that to the audience. What did we learn from the, from the doctor about hiccups? They said it's normal and it's just their lung development and swallowing reflexes, but it feels like, What's it called? What's the like metronome thing? <laughs> what I've what I've pictured it as is like when you go into an office and they have those like balls that go back yeah, and forth. That's it's exactly like exactly what I'm yeah. envisioning. It's just like this like, very dun, persistent dun, dun. beating that's slower than a heartbeat for sure. But it's been every day, right? It's kind of like my heartbeat. Yeah, it's every day, but it's weird right now because it's like making my stomach move. I think, again, going back to the good and the bad is a kryptonite. 
but it can also be superpower. The trait that I want you to pass on to him that I don't have as much is I work hard for the things I'm very passionate about. And I've learned from you to just block some noise out and just push the gas. I've seen this from you your whole life. So I know that that's just who you are since when we were 10. Like we're doing, we have this project from the teacher. CJ is the guy that's like, why the fuck are we doing this project? This is so stupid, blah, 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 blah. Aaron's like, okay, what do I got to do to, to get the A? There's no, there's just blinders on of I'm going to work hard and it's going to turn into something good. And I wish, I hope that he gets a little bit more of that. And then I can articulate in a way of debating and <laughs> kind of objecting to certain things in a more appropriate way than I, I typically have over the years. I think that's the best quality that you have. Like you, you literally, I I wouldn't be who I am if you didn't have that. And there's a lot of others. There's a lot of other traits that I love about you, but I thinking about a, a top tier one. I think that one bleeds into everything. Why do you think that one's so important? Cause it, it just crosses over to everything that you do in life. I think it's how you show up, how to think through the emails that you're saying to people that, you're doing your job. Like technically you're doing job. You don't have to be any type of way towards them. You can just send them an email and then get onto your next email and whatever, but you actually care. That caring I think comes from your willingness to just be the best at everything. The way you do the, no, the quote, the best. well, no, 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 no. Like not best compared oh. to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the quote that always comes to mind is like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. And I think you represent that better than anybody I've ever That's seen. That's quote I try to represent. I, I think, to your point about just like not asking and just putting my head down and working and putting my best effort forward and everything like that's that's how I've approached fitness all the other endeavors except for being a DJ I'm still working on that (laughs) (laughs) what what holds you back from that one thing so backstory backstory here though for those like Erin is phenomenal at creating playlists and musicality. She used to teach classes. I would go to them every Saturday and Sunday and you're just good. You are good. What and you're good because you good practice. Um, a feeling, just good a feeling answer. in a moment in the right timing. And you're good at it because you've, you've been obsessed with music for so long of your life and you just practice. But when it comes to the DJ, this here comes back to the kryptonite of like your perfectionism. We uh, So for her 30th birthday, I got her a DJ set. You're about to go on 32 and you've only touched this thing one time. So hopefully during this this little leave here, we'll, we'll whip it back out. I'm going to get DJ Pathless Paul over here to help you out. Is he a um, DJ? He just did the squatch thing uh-huh. with, with Yash. Um, maybe he can bring his baby. He's about to have a baby too. They'll, they'll come hang out. Um, Got her this present, was so amped because I just want to see her thriving. And we attach it to an iPad and get her just like rigged up a little we bit. We did not attach it to an iPad. Yeah, we had it attached we to my iPad. Narrator. Nope. We had to download all this software 
onto my laptop that was so slow already. <laughs> no, I attached it to my iPad to get it to work. And then you started playing with it and then we're just getting frustrated and then we put it away. Correct. <laughs> you can't lie about that. That's exactly what happened. We were sitting on our kitchen countertop. Okay. Here's some more traits that aren't good. I don't have patience and I really don't. I, but here, this is a crazy thing. You don't have, you, but you have the most patience. I've seen you like when we were at UT, Faya's actually made a comment about this. We're sitting at UT and you sit there on your laptop. Don't even pick your head up for three hours as I'm, I'm doing a workshop. And he's like, I've never seen anybody just dial in for three hours straight and just go ham. That's patience. Okay. I don't have patience for a lot of things. I can get in the zone when it's something that I'm working on, but I have to, here's the key. I have to be like into it first. And the thing about the DJ. How are you more into emails than you are the DJ? I wasn't emailing at that point. Whatever it is. The thing about the DJ is that there's so many like variables that have to be set up that I don't feel like going through. <laughs> like if it was just set up and I could just mix music, I'd be great. But I, you, this is something you're really good at. Like you're really good with the chaos in the beginning and getting through it. And like the blank podcast room with all the chords that need to be connected or the channel and podcasts or whatever it is, figuring all that out or like the video equipment. I do not want to figure any of that out. But if there's, if it, the system is built, I will go through the monotonous processes to keep it going. That's where I thrive. But I don't like that beginning of figuring it out. And this so is why we struggle to, this is why we struggle to work well together. But you'd think that we years. would work better together because of that. Cause we have opposite. No. That's why you have the job that you have and that's why I operate in the way that I do. And as soon as we've come to like respect that about each other is when we work better together. But it's very tough when like a lot of the things I'm working on are in the startup phase. Yes. It just makes it tough because you're, you're an asset. Your skills need to be somewhere else until like if I were to build something that could utilize those. But I think we're moving closer to I do have the skills to help you in certain areas that we can get things off the ground, yeah, like the I DJ we, thing, we the blog. We help each other for sure. Um, what do you want to wrap this with? Ding dong, ding dong. Okay. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day and every Valentine's Day episode we do, we typically reflect on like our learnings of marriage and our relationship. What's the biggest marriage lesson that you've learned so far that we're going to end this episode with. You're putting me on the freaking spot here. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> it's like, it's like we could have had like the, you know, like when it's you're like in, life or death. you know, when you're in school and they give you like those five question quizzes that are just Really just to see if you showed okay? up. It's an and like interview. this question is like SAT prep question, which CJ didn't go to SAT prep. And I'm like, this is five question SAT quiz. Prep. Easy. I said, what's, what's a marriage lesson that you've learned? We were going on five years. We're still new. But you said you added to it. Like what's like the biggest <laughs> <Okay>. marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some pressure off. Like the difference between a marriage lesson and like the biggest what, what's is a, what's a marriage lesson. That you want to leave people with. Okay, we will take the word marriage out. 
No, I like the word marriage considering like most of our friends aren't married. Okay, so go for it. So if I was speaking to people that aren't married yet, what is the lesson that I feel that I've taken away after almost five years of marriage? I... This is a very on-the-spot question. And there's a lot of ways that I can go. I feel like the biggest lesson that I've learned and I think we've done really well is that there's seasons and that you need to go into marriage understanding that sometimes you're going to have to push the gas on your goals and sometimes you're going to have to take the foot off the gas to allow the other person to push on their goals. And you have to be comfortable, especially as a male, to not only accept it, but put gasoline on it. Meaning I think in our position, I've done a much better job and you can tell me yes or no of attaching my goals to Aaron's and thinking through what your strengths are and where that's going to take us. Not just thinking about my goals and, and, things of that nature. And I think for me, let me articulate this better. As a male, you're like, I need to be the breadwinner and I need to do all these things to prove. I remember very vividly in the beginning of our relationship when I was just like going to every meeting, wasn't having dinners with you. And in my head, I was telling myself the story of like, I got to be this super entrepreneur that is going to make millions in dollars and and do these other things when the reality is you just want me to work hard, be, be a, a good man and like spend time with you and then support your goals. Yeah. And I would flip it. You said you're my goals a lot. And I'd say the change has been, there are goals. We've done a good job about defining our goals. Yeah. I, I would consider your goal, my goal now. But what I mean, your goal is like, I'm not the one who shows up to your job every day and yeah. is like, yeah, yeah. like building relationships in this comp in the company that you're in. And that's, that's something that you have to go do. But how, uh, how do, how do I support that though? I guess I would go to give a good visual. Uh, I think in the past, especially was when I was in grad school, it almost felt like you wanted me to be in your world, like pursue a startup or whatever. Instead of now, I think you, you've done a good job of recognizing like what our different strengths are and what environments are best for our personality types and individual preferences. <laughs> and so I think you've kind of accepted what those preferences are for me and that they're different from yours and that that's okay. We don't have to be totally aligned with that, but we have to under try to understand each other's worlds or not totally. It's like, we'll never fully understand it because we're not living it, but have an understanding enough of what each of us is going through to be able to support. Yeah. I, I view it like a team project. Like, you each have your individual roles, but the end goal is the same. Get the A. I think we both were just working in opposite directions towards, 
we were basically were on a team for the same project, but like we wanted different outcomes. And I think now we want the same outcome where I know with you giving birth, there's going to be, you're going to have struggles that like I can't live through. Like that's just the difference between a male and a female and vice versa. But how can I help us get the A? And what is my role in that? And I think for males, it has changed a lot over the past couple of decades. And I want to be the guy that like kind of spearheads. That's okay. So I guess that's how we're wrapping. Happy Valentine's Day, 2023. Little Valentine coming two months out. Next year when we have this podcast, we'll be holding them with us. We'll see. I really love this conversation. What was your biggest takeaway? Putting me on the spot now. I usually do the biggest takeaway at the end of my episode, so I figured this time. I think the biggest takeaway was what you said about me. It gives me something to think about and something to work on personally. I like that about our relationship, that we call each other out on our traits that we could improve upon. And I'm going to be thinking about ways that I can bring out some more of the art in me. I love that. And I challenge anybody that's listened to this, take that to heart as well. I know everybody out there has a creator and an artist within them. And it's something that I feel has really brought my life to life over the years. And I want to thank my wife here because she's not only accepted that about me, but helped me pour even more into that. A good example of you doing that is I released a new YouTube video today and you watched it like during the day. And then you said, good job. And I don't know if you know how much of one a difference that is compared to years ago and to how much I don't, I'm not, my love language isn't words of affirmation. It's more so time. Like if you spent the time to do that, I'm very appreciative because I know how much time is worth. So if you're out there and you have something that you're working on that you want to put out, put it out there. And if you like this episode, please share it for us. Give us that five-star rating and review. Reach out to Aaron at Aaron.Spiration on Instagram. Reach out to me, cj.finley. We'd love to chat and connect with you. Till next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.